Hey, you scruffy-looking nerf herders. Welcome to Records of the Republic, a podcast where we talk about all things Star Wars, from canon to the EU to Legends content and more. We are your hosts, Wade and Kevin, and we're going to make the jump to light speed as we try to tackle today's topic of conversation with you. Strap yourself in, and don't get cocky, as we embark on this journey together into the Star Wars universe. Hey guys, welcome back to Records of the Republic, a Star Wars podcast where we don't always pre-screen our episodes before uploading them. Uh, and so sometimes we make mistakes and upload them with half of the audio. Uh, Kevin, I am going to make sure you are in this episode this time around. Amen, sister. It's that's a good <laughs> idea. My name's Wade. I am one half of Records of the Republic. And as I just mentioned, I am joined today by Kevin, my other half, the Empire to my Rebellion. It's true, hey everybody. <laughs> I figured that was fair. You didn't like the the droid one last week, so I figured Empire might sit with you a little better this time. I'll take any of them to friends with benefits. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so so I'm improving. Yes. I, I'm doing better. Yep. Guys, if you, you can't tell, oh, go ahead. You found the the basement, you know, for for names. We don't want to right. go lower than that. So it's We'll find the ceiling at some point. I'll have to see if I can find a deeper basement at some Ooh. point. I don't <laughs> ignore edit this part out. I don't. I don't want that challenge. <laughs> Guys, let us know if you want that challenge. You are who really matters here. We're just entertainers here for your pleasure. Oh, this isn't going to be good for me. <laughs> If you guys can't tell, I am sniffling, and my throat is kind of all over the place. I am sick, uh, so this is going to be hopefully not a rough episode, but uh, just be warned. If you guys can't hear me as well on the other end after I'm done editing, uh, it's because I'm not very good at editing, and my voice is just kind of shot today. I did end up having to work through this. Uh, today and I will be back in the office tomorrow to work through it and by the office I mean out in the field amongst the critters that I don't really want to deal with right now you know like when you're sick you don't really want to go into work period but then when you've got to do a job like this where it's like I'm crawling around crawl spaces dealing with bugs and webs and you know all kinds of crap this is the last thing I want to be dealing with when I'm sick you know but when you got vacation coming up, you kind of just have to suck it up. It's part of being an adult. So that's what I'm doing. I do have a doctor's appointment tomorrow, though, so I can get on some medicine and try and boost my system back to normal. So we'll see. Kevin, how was your week? Uh, it's flown by. It's been another hectic week. Uh, baseball, gymnastics, though I am sad. <laughs> Uh, about gymnastics, it. <laughs> Did you see what I just tweeted? <laughs> yeah, I, I saw what you just tweeted. Sorry. <laughs> Good. No grief. doubt about it. 
I got the suds. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel, man. Yeah. Last night I was wrapped up. I mean, I was wearing a sweatshirt, sweatpants. Like, I've got Harry Potter pajama pants. And it's like the only pair of long pants other than jeans and dress pants that I have. And I don't ever wear them unless I'm sick. Like, these are my, if I'm wearing these around the house, you know, A, it's either like negative 12 out or B, Wade's got a fever. Mm. And it was the latter. Well, for those just listening and not following our social media, I made a tweet. Uh, if you go to our Twitter, Records of the Republic, you'll know exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> it's really easy. when So when Wade talks for 90% of the podcast, um, it's easy for me to be able to tweet during the podcast. That's right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wade doesn't talk 90% of the time. I would say it's like a good 60-40. Yeah, and that's that's about equal to our friendship so we're we're it's a good representation of things no our friendship's 50 50 i feel like you put in 50 percent of the effort uh i didn't say effort <clears throat> talking about the conversation oh yeah that, that's the probably talking. true i talk a lot um anyways i was saying how i was sad about gymnastics for sky yes. this week because i it's basically going to be the last one that i ever get to go to um because they changed up the schedule on us instead of mondays in the evening she's going to go wednesdays in the afternoon during my work Um, and then she said yeah and she said that she doesn't want to sign up for um, anything else yeah she's going to be done with gymnastics so this past monday uh, was the last one i didn't even know it um but that's okay i mean she she the reason why she doesn't want to is because she wants to try other things like like basketball. Uh, so there will be other things to go to. Well, that'll I be loved, cool. Yeah. At least yeah. she's going to get to do other stuff that you'll see her doing. Yeah. I loved, I loved going to gymnastics with her though. Um, baseball is going really well for Zach, but again, it just, it takes up so much of our time. Yeah. Um, oh, I bet. Yeah. So I, I haven't really had a lot of time to do much. Uh, like I, I started KOTOR and had intentions to play that throughout the week and i've played it once i played it on yep. saturday for like an hour um, and happens. i just yeah i haven't been able to pick it back up again but i will um I'll, I'll probably play it again this weekend and probably not again until the weekend after maybe that's just my my gaming schedule um, hey it works well, yeah i mean i'm excited just fit it in it. when you can you know yeah it's, it's i've never i've never played it all the way through so i'm gonna i'm gonna see that i'm gonna see that goal through um, still reading the same book. It still is awesome. Again, I just don't have a lot of time to read it. Yeah, but it it is still as interesting as, as always. And I wish I had more time, but it, it's fine because I said I'm not going to really talk about it much because I want you to read it. We all know the the general plot of it, but the surprise is in there. Um, I want to I want them to be surprises for you. I might pick up the uh, Cliff Notes version of it. Well, the Cliff Notes version of it is the movie. <laughs> so I know what happens. Yeah, you do. Good deal. This the if you the the book will be good because you can kind of I know you're a listener, you're not so much of a reader, uh but this book you already know 85% of it, so you can kind of breeze through. Yeah, breeze through it and just look for the the things that weren't in the movie. You know what you should have done? When you finished the book, you should have just highlighted the parts that I needed to know and then sent me that copy. Just like college. 
Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we did do that sometimes. Not often, but no, occasionally. I don't, I don't think I did that. I, I don't think I would have done that. Because oh, I did I'm that with friends. Do the work, you're going to have to do the work. Unless, nah, there were unless times, there's a trade going on. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, there was some kind of trade where, like, you know, we had, like, this huge portion of something to read. So I'd read, like, chapter one through three, and then they'd read, like, chapter three through six or something, you know, four through six or whatever. And then we'd highlight the important points and then swap books. Yeah. Made it easier to get through the books. I remember... Um, I think it was for, it might've been for history of ideas. We had to read the Odyssey and they wanted us to be reading like 300 pages Uh in a week. And I just didn't like, there was no way that was going to happen. No. So I did, I did cliff notes. I like, I didn't even read any of it because I was like, there's no point. Yeah, I can't tell you how many books that I had to use as sources for different classes that I just I literally found a sentence that I could quote. <laughs> that's the way to do like, it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that'll that'll work. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And like I wonder if they know that people are doing that and they just don't oh, I, care. Because I'm sure like, they have to. I think they do the same thing when they grade our papers. I mean, you have to think about how many papers they have to grade. And this is at a assistance. small college. Sometimes they do. Not everyone gets an assistant, though. Some professors like to grade their own papers. I hope that they don't just skim it, because then it should be perfectly fine and no shame for waiting for the last minute to do Like, if they're going to do that, then how can they expect the students to not do it? Well, they know the students are doing it. I mean, we've said as much. I, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> so Ron and I, I guess it's just too wrong yeah, to make our make that's our right it all works out in the end yeah, you know so. the professors get paid and the students get their diploma we're all mediocre Ron and I were talking about that the other night about Stan and I, I told him I was like dude looking back the only paper that I turned in that I did not get an A on was the one paper that I actually planned out for weeks in advance <laughs> versus like I got a B plus on it but all of the other papers that I got, I got A's on every other paper I ever turned in. And they were all written the night before they were due. Uh, yeah, I remember I had a 10-pager that I did not start writing until the, the day before. And I did was it. That, was that for uh, uh, Western Civ? I don't think I ever took that class. For hermeneutics? No, I don't think it was that. I think, huh. uh, what was it? I think it was Bible Exposition or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, when I took Western Civ, we had like a 10-page paper that we had to write about a book in the Apocrypha. And it was the most boring paper I had to write. And wow. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm, I've got to do 10 pages of this. I'd rather jump out the window right now. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to come up with 10 pages. Well, speaking of wanting to jump out the window, I think that's what everybody <laughs> listening is going to want to do if we keep talking about <laughs> yeah. college. Let's move back to Star Wars. Yeah. Um, well, my week, I actually cheated this week on Jedi okay. Survivor. Um, I have not touched Jedi Survivor pretty much all week. I have been playing the new Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom game that just came out. Oh, you, all right, that's what you mean by cheating. I thought you meant like 
you, you did. You, like, oh you no, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't look something up or anything like that. Like I hate. I would hate doing stuff like that. But I 100 percent um, cheated in that I haven't touched Survivor. I haven't touched my Xbox all week. Um, I've just been playing the Switch. I have so. never played a Zelda game, but oh, um, dude, I have dude. Breath of the Wild in the mail from one of my one of my coworkers. Um, he knew that I wanted to play it, and he's about to get the new one, so he's sending me that one, so I'll be Good. able to play it. Because Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild was actually the first game that I played that was truly like a outside of a game. Like I had played a Legend of Zelda Game Boy game at one point in my life. But I don't really count that. I I count the console Legend of Zelda games as truly playing the Zelda game and getting the Zelda experience. And so the first one that I ever played was uh, Breath of the Wild when I was dating Penny. Uh, We weren't even engaged at the time. We were just dating. And she introduced me to the Switch, which I hadn't... Like, I didn't even know the Switch existed uh, when it was out. I was purely like xbox and playstation at the time and uh so she introduced me to it and i fell in love with the game and it was just it was so much fun to explore this open world game and then tears of the kingdom came out like last week and i had it pre-ordered so i went and picked it up and oh my gosh nice so much fun so much fun but i will get back to jedi survivor um and I'll swap back and forth between the two. The problem is they're both two really big open world games, which makes it kind of hard to complete them in a timely yeah. manner. But th- these are the only two games I plan on buying for a while, so they should hold me over till the next best thing comes out. But, we, well, I maybe we'll report on how we like the two games. Yeah, absolutely. So I did that. Uh, I read the Plagueis book uh, this past week, Darth Plagueis. You finished it? It's definitely a solid like 4.25 or Mm. 4.5 star. I mean, the book is just incredible. And towards the end, it kind of ties in with with Phantom Menace. So it's a great book to read like right before you're going to read or right after you read the Master and Apprentice book. Because the events of Darth Plagueis kind of happen, for the most part, kind of within that same time period. Interesting. Um, so really, 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 really cool. I, I absolutely love the book. And for the most part, there really isn't anything in it that would contradict canon. So, you know, they could theoretically slap a canon label on this book and it'd be good to go as canon. That would Will be they? cool. They probably won't. But Is there precedent awesome. for that? Um, not that I'm aware of. I think once Disney took over... They officially made all EU legends, right. and then from there on, they kind of dictate that what new stuff is canon. Yeah, I so. knew that. I just didn't know if if there had been some con aside from like incorporating EU characters into. Yeah, into I think that's game, the only way but... stuff like that's going to happen. Like realistically. Yeah, uh, like Thrawn. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know if you saw, but the movie that. Uh, Dave Filoni is doing is called Heir to the Empire. Oh wow, is it? Yeah, that's they, the I official title. That. Uh-huh. That's the title of it. Very cool. So that's huge because if you're going to slap that label of one of the most popular Star Wars EU books ever, yeah, 
onto a movie, you have to be pulling from that book. The, yeah, they better they better consult Timothy Zahn. Uh huh. Maybe give him some writing credit. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. But yeah, Plagueis, fantastic book. Fun fact: the first SAT word I ever learned in my life was antiquated. And the first time I have ever read it in a book was in Darth Plagueis. They mentioned it like three times. Interesting. Yep. So that was my – when I heard it, I was like, oh, I could have done well on the SAT. I know that word. So that was pretty Brain exciting. Waiting. Yep, that was a highlight of my week, man. That was it. Wow. Good um, for you. So, yeah, pretty happy about that. Uh, and then let's see what else. Oh, so Penny – Decided to pick the movie the other night for movie night. And of all things, she decided to pick Cocaine Bear. Right. Which is a horribly, horribly stupid movie. Um, if like you're not what kind of stupid? With, oh, like... Like not, funny not, stupid? Not even like funny stupid. Like there are a couple of funny moments in it. But it wasn't even like funny stupid. Like not Talladega Nights or some of Will Ferrell's funny stupid. It was just like stupid stupid. You're talking like Napoleon Dynamite stupid? <laughs> Worse. Because I like Worse. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, me too. I love Napoleon Dynamite. I love stupid movies. So, I mean, it wasn't awful, but it definitely was not good. Um, But it was funny because the whole time we're watching it, Penny's laughing here and there. She thinks it's funny. And it's based off a true story. Uh, very loosely uh, in the real event the cocaine like cocaine did fall out of an airplane uh, a bear in the mountains did get to it and it killed the bear within like 45 minutes like the bear OD'd <laughs> but wow. that's not what happens in, in the movie because uh, that would make for an awful movie uh, <laughs> make for a so, documentary but uh, while I was watching it, I saw some faces I recognized. So, Carrie Russell plays Sari in the movie. She's one of the moms. And she plays Zori Bliss in The Rise of Skywalker. She was a cool character. I liked her. Yeah. I wish we had seen more of her. Like, I would love to see some more with her in it at some point. I had uh, a uh, I had a Lego set with her. Was it you the might, micro Y wing? Yeah, you might have been the one yep. to buy it for me. I was. I don't know what happened to that. It's good but to I know my it. gifts are uh, staying where they should be. Look, man, I got kids, and Legos are very attractive to kids. Yeah, my kid knows if he steps in my office, he is in trouble. I like to let my kids have fun. I do too. He's got his toys, and Daddy's got his, and we keep I'm them glad separate. You guys have made that arrangement. We we've talked about this. Yeah. We agreed that like he gets the living room and his bedroom and the kitchen. I get the office. He gets like three rooms for his crap. Did you guys sign a contract too? No, but we should yeah, get should. it notarized. Yep. So anyway, Carrie Russell's in it. Alden Ehrenreich is in it. Do you know who that is? Yeah, that's um, young Han Solo. That's young Han Solo. That's right. So he was in it, and he was his character was actually kind of funny. I liked his character. Um, but I have a feeling I will probably like him in whatever roles he plays from now on because I liked him so much as Solo. Yeah. 
And then you had O'Shea Jackson Jr. Do you know who that is? I do not. So Jackson Jr. is the guy who played, uh, what's his face? What's his name? Um, Roken in Obi-Wan oh, Kenobi. Okay. Which is one of the characters that I really liked yeah. in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, he also played Ice Cube in the, uh, whatchamacallit movie. Oh, what was it called? Um, Straight Out of Compton. That movie came out in like 2015, I think. Oh, he did? Yeah, he played Ice Cube. Because he looks oh. like him. Like, it was funny. When I first saw him, I was like, that's not Ice Cube. Is he related to Ice Cube? And then I recognized him. I was like, he was an Obi-Wan Kenobi, wasn't he? So I looked him up. And he did play Ice Cube, which is kind of funny. I thought Ice um, Cube's son played Ice Cube. Apparently not. It says uh, IMDb, which usually is pretty accurate. Is that his son? Maybe. That's a good question. Let's find out. That's a... O'Shea is the son of rapper Ice Cube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he portrayed his father in the 2015 biopic Straight Outta Compton. <laughs> So, uh, oh, yes, Kevin, that's his son. Cool. That's Got why he that looks answered. like Ice Cube. That's why he looks like Ice Cube. <laughs> it all cool. makes sense. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so even though I didn't really like the movie, I liked seeing all three of them in it. So I'm going to give the movie five out of ten stars for me. Cool. I want to watch it. it. It does look like a, you know, a fun little movie to put on when you don't want to watch anything too deep. Hey, it's stupid. I like stupid movies. I will never get that time back. You're right. That's how I look at it. (laughs) Well, I let's mourn for that time. We'll have a moment of silence. There we go. How long is it supposed to be? Well, it's over now. Okay. (laughs) Well, I don't want them to all check out of our podcast because you want to have a moment of silence. (laughs) It's not because of that. (laughs) Oof. Ouch. All right. Well, moving on to the more important segment of our podcast today, we have decided that for the next, what would it be, 11 episodes, we are going to be talking about each individual Star Wars movie and ranking them, giving them reviews, scores, based off of our personal experience uh, with them. So we've got five different categories. We are going to talk about the characters and give them a ranking out of five stars, music ranking out of five stars, effects ranking out of five stars, plot ranking out of five stars, and overall entertainment ranking out of five stars. And then at the end, we will tally it, the total up and do, uh, whatever the total is, over 25. And this is how we will essentially rank all of the movies together. So the first movie we started on uh, this past week was The Phantom Menace. So Kevin, tell me how you felt about The Phantom Menace as a whole, just for now. Well, this is, it's one of my favorites. You know, I love The Phantom Menace. Um, do you want me to give my overall score? You want to wait on that? No, I want you to just talk about The Phantom Menace a little okay. bit. Okay. Well, 
I, of course, am a big fan of the prequels. Anakin's my favorite. Obi-Wan is, is number two. And this is kind of, it's not their intro, of course, because we had gotten, you know, three movies with them already. So we knew, we knew the characters, but it was, it was their introduction, like how they, how they came onto the scene in a way. Um, and it was cool, like an, or, an origin story. That's what I'm looking for. Um, we had Maul, you know, one of the most iconic songs of the entire saga. Um, you know, that fight is arguably the one that kind of set the, I don't think it's really arguable, but it set the course of the rest of the movies, the rest of the prequels. Um, it had its comic relief, but it was probably, I mean, I think for sure up at that point when it came out, the most controversial of the four movies that had been released. And I still don't totally understand why. Uh, I don't think that Jar Jar Binks is that controversial of a character. Um, And the CGI is the CGI. But yeah, I mean, I don't quite know where this one falls in my ranking of all the 11 movies. I guess we'll find out later. But I think it's going to be near the top. I really enjoy this movie. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Um, you know, and it's funny, like watching interviews, like post watching the movie interviews uh, back in the 90s. Uh, I think it was what, 99 when the movie came out? I think so. So when you watch a lot of these interviews as moviegoers are coming out of the theaters, like everyone had nothing but great things to say about the movie. So I don't know where all the hate came from for I've seen some videos of people saying they wanted their money back which drives me nuts I don't understand because like my thing is if you're gonna pay for a movie without knowing anything about the movie like you gotta expect that it may not be something you're gonna like I mean I went and paid for two tickets back-to-back showings of the last Jedi and rise of Skywalker I still went to the second showing because I paid for it. Even though I wasn't a huge fan of the movies, I still paid for them. Like, I went to the movie. And at the end of the day, like, if you're going to be that outrageous about it, you probably shouldn't be a Star Wars fan to begin with. Maybe so. But, yeah, looking back, like, watching it, granted, I've watched it plenty of times since the first time I've watched it. But I did notice a couple of things this time around that I hadn't noticed before. Uh, like one what? of them... When Anakin and Qui-Gon and Padme and Shmi are all sitting around the table and Jar Jar um, on Tatooine and talking, and Anakin points out Qui-Gon's lightsaber, he calls it a laser sword. Oh, yeah. Which we don't get a lot of in Star Wars, but I, I had heard when I first started listening to Star Wars podcasts, someone was complaining about, you know, in Star Wars universe, someone using the term laser sword and how that just didn't fit or something like that. And I'm like, George Lucas, like, this confirms George Lucas has used the term laser sword before. Like, it's not that big of an issue. So it was kind of cool to see that in The Phantom Menace. But well, I think it thing... makes sense, too, right? Like, why would he know what a lightsaber is? Right. Like, he might understand it conceptually, but didn't they do that in the original trilogy, too? I think I think Luke called it a laser sword, didn't he? He, I, he may have, and we will find out for sure yeah, when we go we back will. and rewatch it. But 
you know, to me, it was just kind of one of those like, yeah, he used the term laser sword. It's fine. It's not a huge deal. You know, he probably had so, never seen one before. I, I just think some fans look for things to to pick on, you know, yeah. to have issue with. So that was kind of cool. But then a little bit later, one of the things that the thing that stood out most to me in this movie was just a simple line. And it's Kitster, who is um, Annie, Anakin's friend. Uh, when they're, you know, fixing up the pod pod racer before the race and, you know, Jar Jar drops the wrench in and gets his hand stuck in the thing and then, you know, gets his mouth shocked and everything. Um, when they fire up the the pod racer or some at some point within that that scene. Um, uh, what's his name? Kitster ends up saying something along the lines of this is so wizard. Yep. Which was a really cool connection to me to Mandalorian when Pelimoto was asking Mando about how he liked his N1 Starfighter. And he said something to that extent, you know, this is wizard or maybe he just said wizard or something like that. But it was just a really cool. And that also kind of highlights Bryce Dallas's um, Bryce Dallas How Howard's uh connections there not only did she have the ship but she had terminology uh reflecting what was said in the phantom menace yeah it's clear what she was trying to do yeah it was it was very clear so really really cool i loved that loved that scene loved hearing that line um ultimately love this movie it's a fantastic movie um so with that said let's get into some of our ratings what did you give the phantom menace for characters uh, the characters, I gave my highest score of any of the uh, really? categories. Yeah, I did 4.8 out of 5. And the reason why I did is because, think about who we got. I mean, we, the only movie um, with Qui-Gon Jinn, and he is a lot of people's favorite character. Uh, he's certainly one of mine. I love Qui-Gon, especially after reading Master and Apprentice. Um we have Obi-Wan, we have uh, Darth Maul, who up until Solo, and even Solo, that was not a major, like, it was it was quick. Um, I mean, I guess now that I think about it, too, he didn't have a ton of screen time in this movie, but, um, like, think about it. it. When you look at the videos from back then when it was coming out, that's what people were excited about was Maul, the mystery, like, he was going to be this cool character. Um, right, you have young Anakin, you have uh, Padme. So I, I think the only reason why this wasn't a five was because I don't particularly love Jar Jar. I don't hate him. Like I'm, I'm fine with him existing and being in the movie, but I just, I don't really like him that much, but I don't, I'm kind of neutral on him. Uh, okay. That's rare. But yeah, I think that the characters are probably the best thing about this movie. What about you? I can respect that. Uh, I gave it about a four out of five. Okay. Still uh, high. Uh, I love Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan's my favorite character. Like, any of the movies that have Obi-Wan in them are going to automatically be higher up. Um, I think, as a whole, the acting was pretty decent. Some of Anakin's acting um, was kind of iffy. Um, just some of the things he did were kind of like, ah, 
you can tell it's a child actor that may not have had a lot of experience. Well, real uh, quick with him, I because we've had a bunch of actors get their not redemption, but get you know the love that they should have gotten back then. And I think that it's time. What, what was the kid's name? Jake Lloyd. Mm-hmm. It's time that he gets a little bit of love. I've seen some videos of him, and he doesn't seem like a happy person. I think that, I think that the trolling that he experienced really affected his life in in a deep way. Like I think people like Hayden Christensen, um, you know, it cuts them deep and and it hurts. But I think that at that point in his life, and same with Ahmed Best, you know, you can you can probably find some ways to cope with it. Right. That's a kid, you know, like that affected him and he's probably going to carry it out the rest of his life. Yeah, well, and absolutely. I don't think anyone should ever get bullied for anything no. like that. Like that, that's absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, shame on the Star Wars fandom for having been a part of that at any point. I hope he um, gets his, I hope he gets his redemption story somehow. I think, I think that would be fine. I wouldn't have any problem with that. Yeah. Um, But that said, some of the acting was a little... Eh, on his yeah. part. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan were fine. Um, Padme was fine. Palpatine was excellent. I always, always think Palpatine's fantastic with everything he does. Ian McDarman's just on another level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, overall, pretty good. Jar Jar. Jar Jar's a special case. Like... <sighs> I don't hate Jar Jar. I actually kind of love Jar Jar. Um, but not as much in this movie. Now, the silly stuff that he does, I love. Absolutely love. But I dislike the character for other reasons that I'll get into later on. Um, yeah, me too. But as a character, I very much enjoy Jar Jar. Um, kind of always have. I never. Granted, I grew up as a kid watching the prequels not as an adult when the prequels came out so i definitely had a different view on jar jar but george's intention was for jar jar's character to be written for people like me you know it was written for the kids of the time so that's something to keep in mind and i have no problem with that too but i'll explain in a bit in a different category why it why it bothers me a little bit yeah um and then darth maul darth maul was fantastic you know, obviously the fight scene, like everything about that fantastic guy. I love his character. So that said, they got a solid, what did I say? Four? Let me four, see. I'll pull it up. I've got it written down here. Yep. So solid four out of five for me. Moving on to the music category. What did you give them? Second highest score of, of all the categories at four out of five. Um, and that score is based pretty much only on Duel of the Fates. Yep. <laughs> um, there's outside of that, there's really nothing that sticks out to me. I noticed that too. Yeah, but Duel of the Fates is good enough to re- to carry the the team, you know, uh, broken back, you know, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But that song, like, I still listen to it even today, just by itself, nothing on the screen, and it like it makes me emotional. Like I'm not sitting there crying, but like I get goosebumps and yep. it, it's, it's one of the, it, it it might be the best song of all the movies. We'll see if, if yeah, I think cinematically it is definitely, I think my favorite, I let, I gave it a four because there wasn't more music 
in it that really stood out to me, but that's how much Duel of the Fates carried any of the music in that movie. It's a masterpiece. It's It's got to be John Williams' magnum opus. Yes, absolutely. Just absolutely fantastic. Um, effects. Effects. All right, so uh, this is the lowest score. Same uh, here. I put it at a 2.5 out of 5. Oof. And the Oof. reason they, so I watched the movie and it, they don't bother me, right? Like I still enjoy the movie, but I, they don't bother me because I kind of just understand and accept that this was what it was. You know, it, it, that was the, they were experimenting, but uh, there's only one effect that bothers me. And cause I, I view it as completely unnecessary. Well, actually, two. Now that I'm thinking of, of it, there's two. Um, the first one is near the beginning of the movie, when Obi Wan, Qui Gon, and Jar Jar are about to go to Gungan City for the first time. Um, Jar Jar d- jumps in the water, does these cool flips and everything, and the water effect from the splash is ridiculous. It it looks so terrible to me. I don't know if you've ever noticed it. I I, I didn't notice it until. I watched it again maybe last year, and huh. every time I watch it, I, I notice it, and it drives me nuts. Because you don't – it's very easy to make a – water like, to splash some water and film it. You don't need to CGI that. That's but, fair. But that was just – that's what they were doing. You know, everything was CGI. They, it was this new technology, and, and for the most part, I think Star Wars did an okay job of it. And now, Now, let me ask you real quick. Yeah. When you first watched Star Wars, like very first viewing of it, did you start with the original trilogy or did you start with the prequels? I don't really remember for sure, but I okay. think it probably was the prequels just because those were like new and coming out. Okay. All right. But I don't know. The, I was so little. Fair enough. Just wondering, because I think that might affect your scoring. I've got a theory about the psychology behind it. Yeah, I'm interested in it because I don't feel the same way about the effects in the in the original trilogy. Um, the other one was C-3PO. They made him CGI, um, and I didn't really think that was super necessary. Like, at the end, um, I, I didn't think that was super necessary either. I gotcha. Well, I gave them a 3.25 okay. for effects. Um because when I first saw the movies, I actually started with the original trilogy and then moved on to the prequels. So seeing the jump in technology between the two, I would definitely have to give this movie a higher rating than the original trilogy. Um, there were a couple of things that bothered me. Um, ironically, the jump into the lake didn't really I didn't really notice it all that it's much. It's just a detail. But when he jumps down from the uh, overwalk that Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon jumped down and kind of rescue Queen Amidala and her guard and everything, when they cut down the droids, um, the CGI in that was not as great. Um, And I feel like there was was another spot in the movie that I was just like, oh, that's really, really not – that's interesting. Uh, but for the most part, I thought the CGI was pretty, pretty decent. Yeah, uh, during um, during the 
the final battle, it looked great. Uh, overall, like my favorite was the space battle. Like the space battle was fantastic. Seeing everything fly and especially those slick N one starfighters. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They're so, so pretty. And what was really cool about watching this movie is having just read Darth Plagueis, which even though it's not canon my in my head, I count it as canon. And it details a whole bunch of the lead up to where Naboo and the Trade Federation are at that current point in time. Oh cool. Um oh, the effects. The force sprint that Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon do yes, aboard the Lucra Hulk. I'm like, we never ever see that again. Ridiculous. That is the one time awful. we see that. And I I'm like, about that. what the heck? And then I'm also like, after seeing them do it, this was the first time I actually sat down and was like, why haven't, why didn't he do this? When Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are fighting Darth Maul, why didn't one of them, when they got separated and the, you know, the shield barrier things opened up, why didn't one of them just force sprint towards the other? The only like, why didn't Qui-Gon back up towards Obi-Wan or vice versa? Why didn't Obi-Wan speed up to Qui-Gon? Like, the only argument that I've heard for that is that it is kind of depleting. But I don't really know if I buy that because when they do it in Phantom Menace, it's just a quick thing. They're good. Yeah, it was like a – it would have been like a shorter distance from where Obi-Wan was to Darth Maul. And even though it may have been, you know, whatever, depleting or whatever, like he still had Qui-Gon right there. It's not like they yeah. both had to just use it, but one, one of them could have. One cool effect uh, from around that scene in the movie is, uh, and this one has always stuck with me and I've always loved it, is when Qui-Gon is trying to open the door with his lightsaber. Oh, yeah. That, that, that is cool. cool how they did that. That CGI yeah, that was one, good. That one's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So overall, not bad, not great, not the best CGI we've gotten, obviously, but not bad. Uh, overall plot, what did you give it? Uh, I think I need to make a quick correction. I don't. Okay. They didn't CGI C three PO. That was in Attack of the Clones. Okay. So ignore that. Forget I said that. Done. Um, we're moving on to plot. You said. Yes. All right. So plot, I put it at a three point nine out of five. Okay. Um, the I think the main story is fantastic. The introduction of Anakin, Padme, Ewan as Obi Wan, great. Um, that's another detail that I've always liked is how they introduce R two. Um, yeah, yeah. I've always thought that that was a cool way to do it. It's nothing crazy, you know, but it's R two being R two. Um, and then you can Which, just go ahead. Fun fun fact. I didn't know this about our two units, but according to the Plagueis book, now obviously, again, not canon, but the R2 units that we see in um, in The Phantom Menace are actually supposed to be like considered top-of-the-line, like really extravagant droids. They were brand new. They weren't like – they hadn't been around for ages. Like R2 units had only been around for a very short time. And they were definitely higher end droids, and so because I always thought like you know especially when you see them depicted in A New Hope next to the R five unit that has the bad motivator, you know I'm just like okay these are just bucket of bolts like they're cool they've got some spunk character they're droids, but like Phantom Menace and Plagueis 
kind of give this picture of no these are like really really fancy nice droids Um, that's really interesting because it kind of goes alongside one of the quick comments from the book that i'm reading um i i wonder if if george always intended for them to be that way because when ben kenobi like quote meets r2 he talks about how in the movie of course and in the book he says i don't remember ever owning a droid and then i don't think he says it in the movie but in the book he says certainly not one as modern as as this unit yeah isn't that cool yeah yeah it's pretty interesting that's so awesome um and one of the things that i like and this is like a high like in the picture of all the movies you can just see the beginning of palpatine's plan unfolding you know the the set setting up of the fall of the republic i think all that's great um but the only real detractor that i have um and it it's just and it goes back to something that i've talked about many times you know in in our episodes about how i wish sometimes not every time but during the main conflict that they just stick with it you know instead of having a couple minutes doing the, you know, the Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Maul fight. Then they switch over to the Gungan battle and then back. I don't like the Gungan battle. I think, and the reason why I don't like it is because Jar Jar is ridiculous. Like, it's just (laughs) over the top. I, I I don't mind comic relief. It's always in Star Wars, and I generally enjoy it. But this is like a pivotal scene for the movie and then the movies that are coming after it and like they win be- basically because Jar Jar is an idiot. Like I, I just don't like that. And then- That's not true. That's not true though. If you go back, you got to go back and watch it. They actually all get surrounded. If you remember, they all like throw up their hands and everything that they don't win. That's true. You're right. They only win because Anakin blows up the Lucra Hulk, which is their control center and shuts down the, the controls activating them. Which that's a bit ridiculous how that happened too. Well, I mean, he shot, he, he shot basically ballistic missiles into the main reactor. Yeah, like, but how did he get there? That, I think that's a, I think that's the ridiculous, he just stumbled upon it. That's a that's separate. Thing. No, I mean he flew he flew super deep into the Lucre Hulk's arm, not on purpose. No, it wasn't. It was by accident. But he was initially trying to just clear up the droids around him, and you got to remember he's just trying to figure out the buttons, so he's just pressing random buttons. Exactly, exactly. That's my point. And he just happens to to end up taking out the the controller. It was right there. No, it wasn't. He had to fly all the way in there. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he landed. He crash-landed, essentially. I'm glad you don't find it ridiculous, but I do. I, that part didn't but bother me at all. That, But back to my main point, the that whole battle, it, it's just Jar Jar doing stupid things. And I just I don't like that in the climax of the movie. I think my problem with it was more just how successful he was in his stupidity. Yeah. You know, like when yeah, he gets the sure. half the the upper torso of the droid tangled with his ankle and he's like flipping around and it just happens that each time he does it it shoots the droid right where it needs to shoot it. And it's like, <laughs> all right, well that's plot armor. It's, or when he's like juggling yeah. the the you know, the little electric ball thing 
and just happens to hit the tank controller um, when he pops up from the hood. And it's like, It right. takes away from, from the, the big battle that's happening, and then it takes away from the, the lightsaber fight. But I, I don't think it takes away from the lightsaber fight. It only does because we're not watching the lightsaber fight because we're watching this. Yeah, but we got everything. I think we got a perfect balance of lightsaber fight and other stuff. Like, no, I think genuinely. the fight was plenty long enough. I'm just saying, if you're gonna, so take what are you me complaining away, about? If you're gonna take me away from that fight, please don't make it Jar Jar doing stupid things. No, but the, the point, the point of all of it, they're they're transferring between these four scenes. I understand it all goes to together. show that they're all doing happening simultaneously. I understand that, and I think that's good storytelling. So what, what what's your issue? You just want to cut out the the Gungans? I I wish that the the Gungan battle was at least a little bit less goofy. Or you just want to cut out Jar Jar? If yeah, if if we have that scene without Jar Jar, I'm cool with it. But I don't think see Kevin. That's the problem. I don't. You're think you're the kind of fans. You're the kind of fan that we don't need no, no, in no, this no, fandom. No. You're interrupting because me. Jar- <laughs> I don't think that they need to cut out Jar Jar, but I think that. I think that it was just over the top. Maybe just a little less goofy. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, the dude got banished from his home from being <laughs> clumsy. Yeah, like, I want to know what he did. I that's really what I really want. <laughs> I want that <laughs> Tales of Jar Jar instead of Tales of the Jedi and just see all of his mess ups before he got banished. Because yeah. I imagine it wasn't just one and done. Like, Unless it was just one really, really bad thing he did, there had to be some buildup. Yeah, and they must have been in a desperate spot to let him fight with them like that. Probably. I mean, <laughs> if we're being honest. No, but I, I just I want it on the record that I don't hate Jar Jar. Yeah, it sounds like you're a Jar Jar hater to me. It sounds like you're a hater to me. Like you're well, a I love hater Jar Jar. Of me. I've said that from day one. No, no, no. You're a hater of me. Oh, I don't hate you, Kevin. Yeah, you, I don't you send, sound like it. I don't send gifts to people I hate. <laughs> I do. Just FYI. <laughs> That's the best way to communicate with them. Well, I gave the plot uh, 3.75 out of 4 stars. Or out of 5 stars, I mean. Okay. Um, Is that the closest score that we have together? No. Music, we both got 4 out of 5. Oh, you're right. Yep. But, I mean, I thought the plot was pretty good. Um, I thought it was kind of – I thought like the Anakin-Padme relationship wasn't overdone in this movie yet. Um, he kind of looks up at her like – you know, a kid looks up at his babysitter and thinks, oh, she's cute. Maybe one day I can you know, date someone like that. Are you an angel? Yeah, exactly. It's that, it's that kind of corny like, yeah, that makes sense for someone who's eight. Yeah. I get it. Um. So, you know, I I thought that was fine. I didn't see anything over the top about Anakin and Padme in this one. Um, obviously, based on how I phrase that, we will get to over the top between the two of them. Uh, I thought, you know, the storyline overall was pretty good. Um, Jar Jar doesn't really upset me or bother me. Um, you know, it's not the best... I think overall it's not the best story we've gotten. Sure. Um, but that's just because it was really hard for me not to give this four or five stars because I really just love this movie overall. Yeah. Um, 
but I have to look at it compared to what I know about the other Star Wars movies. If I were going into this blind, I probably would have given it like straight fours if this was my first introduction to Star Wars. Interesting. It would have been like straight four or fives because I just – I think it's a great movie. But because I know what other Star Wars stories have been told and how they've been told, that naturally bumped this one down a bit because while this one's good, there are others that are great. Sure. So I thought three point seven five was a pretty fair, uh, you know. Overall, the storyline I like it. There wasn't anything that I can sit here and say, yeah, I'm not really a huge fan of that part of the story. Um, but there's just other things that are. And since five is the absolute highest we can go, it naturally has to push other scores down to some extent. Um, not mm-hmm. everything can be a five. So well, yeah, and a, a three isn't bad. No. Well, this is a 3.75. Sure, yeah, even better. It's almost a 4. Right. So, um, and then overall entertainment, what did you give it? So I had overall entertainment, and all of, so what you just said about the other movies kind of shaping your scores, for me, it's not true until overall entertainment. I think that that one shaped my score here, um, because I did like this movie. I've always loved Phantom Menace. Uh, but it's not, it gets way better. Um, it so does. I have, I have this at a 3.8 out of five. Okay. Um, I, fair, you know, I, I think, it, I think that's a fair score because it's a good movie. It has some really cool things. And then some, like, I enjoy almost all of this movie from start to finish. The ending of course, um, is, is where I'm most interested. The beginning is pretty awesome. Um, but there's, you know, there's some of the middle parts I'm interested, but sometimes I do find myself on my phone. Um, I'm just, I'm not as interested in all of the Gungan interactions, but I do, one of my favorite ones is when Padme is trying to get them to work together. I love that scene. I love that interaction. Um, but otherwise, I'm pretty neutral on them. Or yeah. like we just talked about, I, I, the the battle, you know, Jar Jar just is just over the top for me, and it, I don't, <laughs> I don't like it. Um, Fair, but yeah, I, I enjoy the movie. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. So I gave it a four point five out of five. Wow, that yeah. that's the highest. You love this movie, huh? I this is like top three favorite of all time. Okay, yeah, like for me, it's. Qui-Gon, and I think there's a lot of nostalgia wrapped up in it too. Like, sure. uh, growing up as a kid, we did not buy Halloween costumes from the store for the most part, unless they were used, like from Goodwill. We didn't buy new costumes because they were just they were too expensive, weren't really within our budget frame. Yeah. But my parents, when I was in first grade, shortly after this movie had come out, um, my parents. Well, I say shortly. It was like a couple of years after this movie came out. My parents did buy me a costume new in first grade, and it was Anakin in his pod racer helmet getup. Uh, it was slave Anakin from Tatooine. But that was, to this date, as a kid, the only Halloween costume that I got that was a Star Wars Halloween costume, brand new. Um, so, you know, you can tell, like, this movie just, as a kid in that age group with Anakin, 
Like I, I was that ideal target group that Lucas was looking for. Yep. 100%. Um, so every time I watch it, it doesn't matter how old I'll, you know, I'll be 90 and watching this if I make it to 90 and I'll love it. Like this movie is just awesome. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, two of my top favorite Jedi of all time. I've, I've said this from day one. I want more Qui-Gon. I always want more Qui-Gon. Like books, comic books, video games, whatever. Throw them out there. 100%. I'm upset that we haven't ever gotten Qui-Gon in the Battlefront games. Like that that seems like a miss to me. We got Darth Maul. You know, we got Darth Maul in even the original Battlefront too. We had Darth Maul. It would have been awesome to see Qui-Gon in that. Um especially when you get characters like Ala Sakura and Kit Fisto and it's like all right, yeah, those are cool Jedi, but Qui-Gon had like a whole movie where he was like one of the main Jedi. So yeah, that's yeah. I've never thought about that. Like we have, yeah, I got, these, I've got a chip on my shoulder about that. Well, we've got some of these, like you just said, C-list Jedi and or Qui-Gon. Like Ki-Adi Mundi. Ki-Adi Mundi was in the original Battlefront too. Yeah, and he was fun. I like playing as him. But I would have. You're right. I never really thought about that. Qui-Gon would have so been cool so much cooler. But the problem is they were so focused on marketing that game around Revenge of the Sith that they wanted to try and showcase more of the Jedi from Revenge of the Sith. And you got to remember, like, Ayla Secura and Ki-Adi Mundi, we both had scenes in Revenge of the Sith where they were shot down during Order 66. Um, Kit Fisto was cut down by Palpatine in his his office, the Chancellor's office. So... They're going to market more towards that because that was the most recent movie to come out. Yeah, but sure. they also had a Sith like Maul in it as a bad guy you could play, and it's like, well, if you're going to do that, like, let's throw a Qui Gon a bone here. So anyway, that all said, yeah, four point five for overall entertainment. I think the movie's great. I love the racing. I love the the starfighter. I mean, it's got everything I could want in a movie. Um, it's got the suspense. It's got the excitement, the mystery, the you know, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so fantastic movie. So that brings, uh, my overall score to 19.5 out of 25. Wow. Wade, my score, 19, uh-huh. exactly 19. Yep. We're pretty close on that that's, one. That's great. Which is crazy to think like only one of our scores was exactly the same. Yeah. We just like and dislike different things about it, which I think is cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that was the goal of this, I think, as we move forward, because we just a disclaimer, we're not talking about any of this before the the podcast episode. Like we are 100 percent watching these episodes by ourselves, coming up with our own opinions about them. And then this is the first time we're talking about them. Yep. So and that's the goal we really want, because we really don't want any of our opinions to be um, influenced by each other's. So. So I have an honorable mention that couldn't really play into any of the scores, but uh-huh. it's it's something that I've always thought is really cool about this movie, uh, and it's one of the marketing posters. I think it's one of it's probably the coolest one of any marketing poster that I've seen, definitely for Star Wars, and it's the one where you have little Anakin um, on Tatooine and his his shadow is Vader. Is Vader? Yeah, I think that is so cool. Whoever thought of that. All get all you deserve all the money. I, it's yeah, I would hang that was, up that was fantastic, today. absolutely. Well, the marketing for Phantom Menace in general is fantastic. 
Like when you look back, I think Phantom Menace probably had the best marketing um, out of all the movies. Yeah, it could when be. Phantom Menace came out, it was literally everywhere. Well, they the marketing for the sequels was pretty good. At least the at least the Force Awakens, but not nearly as good. Well, as... they had nostalgia on their side in a way that the Phantom Menace didn't. Correct. That's that's what I'm saying. Like Phantom Menace had to build some of that up. Yep. Um, and they they did. I think they knocked it out of the park. So good movie, definitely worth watching it. I know all of you guys listening to us have watched it, but go ahead and watch it again and give us your opinion as to how you liked the movie. How do you think it stacks up uh, compared to the others? We'd love to hear from you guys. We um, should wait. We should post our categories um, for people to steal if they want to and rate on their own. I will be more than happy to let you figure that out if you want to. It's very easy. Awesome. You know what I'm going to do, Wade? I'm going to take don't. I'm going to take the categories. I'm going to list them out, and then I'm going to copy them, and I'm going to paste them as a tweet. That's fantastic, Kevin. You're brilliant. Thanks. I couldn't do this without you. That's what I'll do. I'll do it right unlike, now. Uh, unlike Dylan. Unlike Dylan. All right. <laughs> Dylan, are you listening? <laughs> I don't mean that. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a tweet uh, a tweet or a, a text tomorrow at like 10 a.m. saying what the heck, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I couldn't do this without you or without Dylan. Yeah, we have a good group. But uh, yeah, so that was Phantom Menace in the eyes of Wade and Kevin. Next week we will be covering Attack of the Clones, and I am very excited to to touch on that one. Um. It's a good movie, but definitely going to have some critiques on it. More, I think I'm going to have more critiques than I did with The Phantom Menace. I think my prediction is that my score overall is going to be lower than it was for The Phantom Menace. I think I think so too. And I think I already know why. Um, but I'm not going to share it right now. We'll have to wait. Yep. I'm going to I'm going to try That's to go for the next it. episode. Yeah, and I'm going to try to go into it open too and see if I still feel that way. Oh, something else I meant to touch on tonight. Totally unrelated. Still related to Star Wars, but did you see that Disney World is closing the Star Cruiser Hotel? No, I didn't. Hal- the Halcyon, I think is how you pronounce it. Halcyon. They are closing in September. Wow. September is the last official run that they're doing. I think they might have just gone too big. Is that what did, what did they say the reason was? Um, well, it looks like the reason is because it was too expensive for the everyday Star Wars fan. That's what I'm saying. I think they, I, it's, it's you know, cool. I mean, everything on average, cool. they were saying for a two night, you know, for, for one person, it's about $1,200 a day for the full experience. And yeah, for a family, ridiculous. it's about 6,000. Well, you got to so travel I, to get there. Yeah. Well, and I retweeted it and I was like, I'm not surprised by this because, you know, families have to save up money. I mean, money, money. Just to go on vacation to go to Disney World in the first place. And then you're talking yeah. about like doubling that cost to be able to stay at this hotel. They should just like, do a Star Wars hotel. I don't know. Well, and that's the thing. The problem I think they had, and I wish, I really wish I had been part of this marketing planning and everything because I feel like I could have helped them rein some stuff in. But they wanted to make it its own experience, you know, with actors and all that fun stuff, which to an extent is cool. 
But when you think of the price of what that's going to cost at the end of the day, your average Star Wars fan cannot afford that. Well, and especially those of us who have families. You and you don't go to Disney World to do one thing. No, well, you don't. You don't go to Disney World to stay at the hotel. That yeah. that's the bottom line. If, you know, I think you go to the you go to Disney World for Disney World, and you stay at the hotel. Majority of your time is supposed to be spent at the parks, right? Spending on rides and shows and on movie and food and like that's what you go to Disney World for. So it's like it's cool that they have all these extra things included with the the Halcyon Star Cruiser thing, but I just think it's a huge miss because of the price tag. They wanted to make it its own attraction, and it's like that's too expensive. People yeah. can't afford that. I think, and here here's where I think they'd have a have a lot of success with a middle ground if they were to do. A cruise ship designed like a star freighter, like a freighter or like a that would be cool, you know, a cruiser of some sort. I think if they were to do that and have just one cruise ship out there that's specifically designed to be a Star Wars experience, they could justify it. I think yeah, that would be I much better be than cool. a hotel. It'd I be think more having, affordable too. I think having a hotel that has Star Wars themes in it without all the attractions and the food and everything and just designing it to look like Star Wars is enough. That's what people want. That's what I'm saying. That, that's what I think they should do. I would stay there. Absolutely. Well, and I, I, I said, you know, it was a dream of mine to stay at this hotel at some point, but it was very much just a dream because it's so damn expensive. Yeah, I, I whenever I saw the the price tag for that, I said there's no way I'd love to, yeah. but there's no way I'm ever going to be able to there's afford not, that. We wouldn't we wouldn't be able to afford to leave the hotel. We would have <laughs> to spend all of our time at the hotel just to make it worth the money we spent on it. And you know that I'm a Disney adult. You know I am oh, not going to go there and only do one thing. No, the whole I can't point. afford it. I, no, absolutely I, as not. As much as I love Star Wars, I would go. And I just wouldn't do, I wouldn't do Star Wars. You know, I'm not, I wouldn't sacrifice the rest of the Disney experience for that. No, no, not at all. So it's disappointing to see, but I understand exactly why it happened and I'm not surprised by it. And I hope maybe Disney comes up with some kind of middle ground in the future on how to still make a Star Wars hotel, but not make it so damn ridiculously expensive. Yep, I agree. So I didn't I had not heard that they were closing it. Yeah, that news came out just today. Oh, that's probably why. So I did want to touch on that. But that is the episode. That's all we have. Kevin, do you have anything else that no. you want to touch on? That's no, it I'm, for this I'm week. excited. This is what I've wanted to do since we started the podcast. Yeah, I'm excited to be breaking the the movies down. Yeah. Ultimately, like at the end of the day. And I think we've done it in an easy way. We're just doing five categories. It's not like a super crazy Excel sheet or anything like that. Uh, So this is what we're going to be doing over the next uh, few weeks. So stay in tune for us to break down Attack of the Clones and anything else that comes out in the meantime. As always, may the Force be with you. And remember, this is the way.